Hello, Doug. Hello, Karen. Hello, listeners. Happy week six of Shelter in Place. We're um, still inside. (laughs) (laughs) How about you? Yes, yes. We are trying to live our, our healthiest, best quarantine life. Oh, so some news. Um, I can I can talk about this uh, brief briefly, or we can talk about this a lot. So my excitement today was um, I got a hungry root delivery. Tell me more. Well, okay. So um, I decided because where I am, we are supposed to have our sort of like New York has already hit. You guys have hit your peak. Um, and where I am, I am like right now, we are supposed to be hitting our peak between like now and like early May. So I was like, I'm starting to get like severe anxiety going to the grocery store and it's not helping that I have to wear a mask because I do have a little bit of claustrophobia things going on. Um, and so my gross, the last time I was at the grocery store was last Friday and I had like a, like a mini meltdown. Um, Oh no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but this was like, I I placed the order before this, but I knew like, I was kind of like, you know, you don't want to be like running to the grocery store. Um, you know, and we eat a lot of fresh fruit and vegetables. So like I go to the grocery store at least twice a week, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's under like, and that's like, like COVID circumstances. Like I, I find I have to go to the grocery store. Like, I don't know how people can do it. Oh, I only go every two weeks. I'm like, what happens to your produce? Yeah. How do you do that? How do you only go every two weeks unless you're just, you know, it's not these even like. Must, these must be people that are not eating a lot of fresh and perishable food. I guess not because I like, you know, and and I have like, and I can't even get like frozen food, you know, like I have, um, like I kind of have like a fairly restrictive um, diet. So, uh, and, and um, because of like allergies and stuff like that and that I've only recently found out about. And one of the things that I've been doing is I have a smoothie every morning which is like frozen fruit and I can't get any frozen fruit. And it's just been like, Oh my God. So anyway, um, so I decided like two weeks ago, I was like, well, you know, I was t- kind of looking at like Amazon fresh or whatever it was, what they do with whole foods. And, and it was like, you can't get food delivery. So I was like, you know, I kept getting served these hungry root ads. And so I was like, well, the hell with it. Let me see what this is about. So I ordered it. My first order came today it was kind of exciting. I want to hear more still. Oh, okay. What? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, okay. So Hungry do you know anything about Hungry Root? No, this is one of those services I don't think I've heard of yet. Okay. So it's like, it's kind of, it's great for like restricted diets. It's like a plant-based, um, it's a plant-based thing. So like they don't ha- you don't get like meats from them, but it's kind of like a, a bit, bit it's, it's a mix of like meal kit but also groceries. So like they send you, Oh, okay. Yeah. So like they send you a bunch of things that go together and they give you recipes, but like you can also do your own thing with them. Right. So like they sent like, um, a whole bunch of like shredded up, like salady sort of things that I can like use for stir fry or I can just use straight up as a salad, you know? So it was like, so like, it's like up to me and like, so anyway, so I got this delivery and it's awesome because, you know, we're vegetarian. Um, my family's vegetarian, sort of. Like, I'm mostly vegan. Um, every once in a while, like maybe once every couple of weeks, I will have meat. Um, but I don't eat any cheese. I don't eat, like, I have no dairy. Yeah. I have no eggs. 
Um, and then I'm also gluten free. So it's like, like, like the craziest dietary restrictions. And, um, and, and so this place was awesome because I, it, it was like gluten free. And like the only thing it has that was that I can't seem to escape, particularly when you're like vegan is that it has a lot of nuts in it. I'm trying not to eat a lot of nuts simply because there's, I found out there's a lot of mold in nuts. But, um, yeah, who knew, right? Never would have thought that. But like, since I don't, I don't have adverse reactions to nuts that I've noticed, I'm kind of like, "Eh, I'm going to let that slide a little bit for the next couple of weeks. And at least I'll be able to see, because I've been going through this whole process of like, you know, allergy and testing and like eating, like trying this to sort of see like what, what is like inflaming my body and like. So it's so nuts seem to be okay, but I figure, you know, now is going to be the test because there is a lot of like, like there was like a peanut sauce that came today that's supposed to go into a stir fry. Um, so I'm just going to kind of be a little bit loose about that. Like next week I'm going to have like mac and cheese, but it's going to be like cashew cheese and, um, yeah. Yeah, and chickpea macaroni, you know? So I, so it's like shit that I'm kind of like really stoked about. Um, but anyway, um, the food looked fresh, which, you know, I tried, um, you know, I did Misfit Mart a couple, last year for a couple of weeks and the first delivery was great. And then for some reason it looked like they moved the, where, where it was shipped out of. And as soon as they moved where it was shipped out of, it was like, it would come like melted and gross. <laughs> so I had to like cancel that. But this came like the packaging was fantastic. Nothing was really squished and everything was ice cold. The ice packs were still completely frozen. So everything came fresh and it looked really good. So I have, I'm, I'm, I have very high hopes. I'm right now, didn't get a chance to try anything cause it came too late. It came like after six o'clock tonight. But, um, but I am cautiously optimistic. I will hold the faith for you. Yeah. I actually thought you were going to say that toilet paper was a part of this delivery. Oh, no. Oh, more news. I got a bidet. Whoa. I know. All right. All right. Really buried the lead there. Yeah. Oh, my God. I compl- Well, that's kind of old news, I feel like. I got it, like, on, like, when did I get it? Last Friday. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, so I've had it like four days, so it's a little bit old news. But yes, I got a bidet. So, um, toilet paper is no longer an issue. Well, thank goodness. I know. For I know. all of this. I know. I know. So, um, so far, so good. Two thumbs up for Hungry Root and two thumbs up for bidets. Everybody should get one. Yeah, I guess uh, when we move into our next bigger place, we will maybe look into the bidet purchase. Yeah, it's very, it's lovely. It's very nice. Um, it definitely, though, you got to add to your day. It adds time to your day for sure. True. True, true, true. So I guess before, we should, yeah. Well, before we dive into the block, yes. and I don't mind, you know, we could talk a little bit less about the actual plot because what plot? I don't care a lot about any of the individual stories in this episode um but i just wanted to point out there's been a gif going around social media i i tweeted at you last week uh nine second gif of the air guitar from melrose place 
Did you see it? Oh, I saw the tweet. I didn't get a chance. I saw that you tweeted me, and I didn't get a chance to look at it. I'm sorry. A few, a few different people I had seen uh, posting it, I guess, uh, on Twitter, and Alyssa showed it to me, and then a friend of mine later on also texted it my way. Um, one of the people that was just throwing it around um, is the one who runs the TCM Underground section, the cult movies part of Turner Classic Movies. So it's like, oh, she's one of us. So we should reach out to you, Millie DeShirico, because we like your style. <laughs> and um, uh, and then I happened to find someone else post something about it, uh, and she called herself the North American Scholar of Melrose Place. So um, this woman needs to back off. That's but, a real thing? Well, I don't think it's a certifiable thing. I also don't think it's correct, but um, good for her and her interest. Well, um, also in the news is Heather Locklear. She celebrates one year of sobriety today, yeah. I guess. I, yeah, Tuesday. Today, that would be today. That's today. So yeah, congrats, Heather. Glad you're, glad you're you know, walking tall right now because yeah. we're worried. Yeah, and it seems like she's doing really well. I'm glad. You know, every now and then they talk that it's rumored she might join the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and I don't see it happening, but I would obviously watch. I mean, would that make sense for her to be in it because she's kind of not a housewife? Well, like, none of them really are. Oh, okay. Or, uh, depend, like, from city to city it differs, but um, it's, you don't, it's not a prerequisite. You just basically have to be female and rich. Got it. Okay. Wasn't quite clear about that. For example, everyone in New York is divorced or widowed or somehow single. But they have money. Of course. I need to watch The Real Housewives. You do. Uh, I will let Alyssa tutor you as to the best way to, to enter the franchise. Okay. Yes. I think that would be great because I need to um, I need to do this soon. She's watching uh, uh, an old season of one of the shows uh, as we speak right now, in fact. Like, which one? Like, what What was the first one? Orange County. Okay. But Beverly Hills is the more fun one, or what do you... No, what I say is New York is the best and has the best sort of uh, history. Um, I think it's the most fun to watch. Um, I think episode for episode, you get the most out of it. What I also think is that historically Atlanta and New Jersey have been wildly entertaining in different ways. Um, and both are kind of on a downward slope right now. Beverly Hills is the one that seems to get the most press and has the highest ratings just because it's the LA one. Right. Um, and that's the one that Andy Cohen of Bravo seems the most attached to. But, um, but OC is where it started and it's sort of like, like a smaller scale version of what the others had become. Gotcha. Um, but I, well, and Alyssa's saying, don't forget Potomac, which is one of the newest ones and the one that is also really good. Wow. Uh, These are, that's, they have a lot. I didn't even know about Potomac. And New, New Jersey has its own? New Jersey has its own, which is very different from New York. New York, they are rich and sophisticated. New Jersey, they are, like, practically incestuous. And there is a lot of bad blood going on there that makes it riveting, especially its early seasons. And my number one super favorite housewife of all time across all of the different franchises was on the original, uh, the first five seasons of New Jersey. I have now caught up to almost all of that. 
with Alyssa and Caroline Manzo is the best of the entire franchise. So where where are are these on Hulu? Yeah, they okay. are on Hulu. Okay. Whew, I got some watching to do. You do, and but they they have morphed over time, and they've become something bigger. Like they right. started out smaller scale, and now they're like you know you can see the budgets are bigger, and they figured out ways to like edit and and structure a season in ways they did not earlier on. Okay, because it's actually I need to watch for research purposes, so um, that's why I'm trying to get um, you know I'm trying to sort of figure out which the the best one for me to watch. I'm thinking it might be Beverly Hills. Um, that's probably a good one. Okay. I would, yeah. Uh, but you should talk to Alyssa because she's a housewives expert and she writes plays that are riffs on the housewives. Um, if anyone knows things about it, it's her. I think that we need to, we need a play like that. Uh, I think we need more than one, but yeah, Alyssa's already written. So, so she should share with you. I do want to say that we are eight episodes away from the beginning of season five, which is when Lisa Rinna enters the show. So, so I think that's when Alyssa, Alyssa should join again. Um, and she can really do a whole dive between, uh, the block and the boulevard, uh, and, and really dissect the franchise for you. But it's, it's, it would behoove you to watch Beverly Hills because Lisa Rinna enters in season five of that too. I love her. Yeah. She, she gives good drama. So we're going to have to, we should, we should go to the block, um, and just get this over with where season four, episode 24, ruthless people. Correct. Yes. Is it 24 or 25? I've got episode 24 on our favorite. On our notes. Uh, or, oh, on our guy. On our, yeah. Guys. Yeah. Cause I'm trying not to take notes. I didn't, I didn't, um, take notes on this. With this, week. <laughs> this was such a bad episode. It was a terrible episode. This really I hated, was. I hated every story. And I'm gonna I'm gonna throw I'm gonna toss this out. Let's spend as little time trying to make sense of the Amanda, Peter, Bobby, Alicia nonsense this week because I just can only get so much out of it. Okay. All right. That sounds good. So I mean, should we just start with Matt? I mean, I felt like he had more of a storyline, but it still wasn't much, right? They actually give Matt more. You're right. And they even give him a sort of climactic scene in the last segment of the hour. And it still goes nowhere. It's still mishandled. Um, and this to me is a classic case of writing the characters to not act the way they would consistent to how we've seen them all along, among right. other things. So, yeah, let's do the Matt thing, which was never going to be great, but could have been better. Yeah. So, I mean, because we have two characters, I think, within this storyline that actually the writers just, I don't know, it's like they threw out their character Bible with these two, and they were like, we're going to just do this, because um, it was completely out of character. And I think exactly. that was Matt and also David. You're right. You're Well, I say you're right because I agree. But yes, you're right. <laughs> My opinion is 100% right, everybody. You are, but that is 100% what I thought when I watched this again. So when we left um, poor Matt the last time, um, his boyfriend Alan has to go through this fake wedding with um, the lead on his, the the fellow lead on his soap opera. To, she's a woman, um, and she is also gay, and they are doing this sort of fake real wedding uh, to sort of drum up publicity for their soap, I suppose. Um, and Matt is, of course, 
not really down with this. Um, he feels like, you know, Alan is in the closet. Of, of course, Alan is in the closet. There's no feels like, although Alan's not really in the closet, but he's kind of in the closet. I guess there weren't a lot of paparazzi back then. Um, although they did almost get caught by the paparazzi. By, by LA's one nice paparazzo. Yes, the one nice paparazzo who agreed not to run the photos. But other than that, they've kind of been living their lives. Yeah. Going out to dinner and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, but what they're not really doing is talking enough, like Matt and Alan, where Matt can say, this is a deal breaker, no, you can't do this, I understand that you want your career to work and you feel you have to be closeted, but I can't be with you, something like that. Yeah, there was none of that going on, it was just a kind of a lot of pouting. So instead, we have Alan and his co-star and the show's producer planning the wedding in Matt's apartment, where Matt has to keep lying and, and pretend that he is just a roommate, and we'll find out again, a roommate who sleeps on the couch as part of the lie. Right. And just when he sort of, you know, starts to get very, very angry um, with, with all the wedding planning going on in his living room, um, Alan placates him by saying, well, Gloria, that is the producer, has agreed that we can take that honeymoon together instead of, you know, Alan and Valerie being whisked away someplace exotic. And just when you think things might be turning the corner for good old Alan and Matt, there's a knock at the door and in walks Matt, not Matt's parents, Alan's parents, Alan's parents. And guess what we learn? He is still in the closet with his family. Now, this is not a good place for Matt to be. He's like never been in the closet with his family. He remember he had that issue with his dad and he like almost ruined his relationship with his parents because he came out and he's just been very open about his sexuality. And he of course wants his partner to be the same. Yeah. And he's not. So now we're moving into where Matt, become somebody that he's not. So, um, so during the wedding rehearsal, Matt gets upset and storms out and goes and gets drunk and ends up at David's house. Right. Yep. He had, he'd been talking to David at one point in the hospital and told him, uh, about, you know, sort of his misgivings about all of this. And so, yeah, Matt leaves the rehearsal and the next thing we see him is knocking on um, David's door, bloodshot eyes, to tell us that he's drunk. Right. And, of course, David takes him in. Right. And David takes him in. And we're left with, when the door closes, you know, and Matt walks in, we're left with the impression that something more is going to go on than a shoulder to cry on. Right. Yes. Um, and, indeed, uh, we... It was, and it appears that Matt has cheated on Alan, which is very unlike Matt. Which Matt wouldn't do. No. The other thing that I wondered, what happened when we met David, what, maybe four episodes ago? Five episodes ago? Just Ten about, episodes yeah. ago? I don't remember. No. Ten episodes ago? That's like 18 storylines I back. know. Oh, no. But, um... When we met him, he was like, remember he said something like, well, I'm not interested in you because Matt thought that he was coming on to him. And, you know, and now all of a sudden, like, David's interested. Um, Anyway, which I just thought that was weird, too. So so anyway, they hook up. 
Apparently, Matt snuck out in the middle, in the, early in the early morning. in the morning. He leaves. Yeah, they run into each other at the hospital. David makes some comment about that, and Matt is like, "It was a mistake. I should have never done that." Basically, and um, and I'm going back to Alan, and David is not so happy, and David does the thing where he calls Alan and is like lowers his voice as though it's not him to say. Your boyfriend didn't come home last night. Better ask him where he he was or exactly. something like that. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, what? that is such a high school move. Yeah. And yeah, I was that's like. Total, that's total Bush League. That's not how these guys will, would look out for each other. And if this guy really did want potential future with Matt, that's not the way you get him. No, and 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 he wouldn't do it. That wasn't he wouldn't that, do it. That, that David that's just not how David's that a good guy. That's not how that character was written, and and all of a sudden they're writing him in to be like this like lunatic who was like, oh well, you know, I guess I was the rebound guy and I feel used, so I'm just going to call the boyfriend up and leave this anonymous tip about where his right. partner was. That it, it was just like super weird, and it was just completely out of character. It was out of character for Matt to do what he did, and then it was out of character for David to go do this. Absolutely, it's a big disappointment because. The one thing you can count on from the Matt storylines is not a lot of excitement usually, but at least people acting right. Yeah, at least there's a consistency of behavior, yeah. particularly with Matt, and this time there wasn't. So I also feel like Matt would have like kind of ditched Alan like like three episodes ago. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Be- because like this is like Matt like, has dignity. Yeah. And Matt is just like, I mean, Matt Matt went through all of that with the guy at the, the head of the hospital and be, getting fired for being gay and, you know, the lawsuit. Like, he's done so much in terms of, like, almost like activism that to date somebody who is this closeted, it just doesn't seem, it just doesn't ring true to his it's a, character. It, it absolutely doesn't. Like, of of everything that's gone wrong in like the recent storylines you know they don't make sense they're all over the place whatever this is sort of the most bothersome to me just because it's such a violation of we what we know about Matt right and what we know him to be right so we end this at the altar again with the the speedy weddings. Like I thought, you needed like at least a year to plan these things. Not in Melrose Place. I know. And wouldn't you really milk it for the publicity, which is what this glory is trying to to do? I mean, you would think so. So I mean, and then how ridiculous Matt is the best man. I mean, come on. Right. What like a don't even have yeah don't even have him there yeah. Like, what is a snap insult. in the face? It's like, you know, now he's got to, like, not only is his boyfriend in the closet and they're doing the sham wedding, but, like, he also has to stand there and be the best man to witness the whole thing. Right. I was like, oh, come on. So, anyway, they, um, they, they're they standing at the altar and they get into it. They get into an argument about where Matt was the night before. <laughs> yeah, Alan brings it up literally at the altar. Yeah. The priest has to shush them. Yeah. Because they're arguing about it um, while, you know, while Valerie is work- walking down the aisle. And, you know, she, and and basically, I mean, you know, long storyline short, Matt walks out in the middle of the wedding. Yeah, he walks. Yeah, he walks. It's a huge wedding, all these people. And he finally, you know, he takes the corsage off his lapel and hands it to Alan and says, I'm leaving and walks out. 
you know, a bunch of people get up and watch him. I mean, like Alan's days in the closet are numbered no matter what at this rate. But um, the priest asks them to resume and Matt pauses to look back to see if Alan will stop the wedding. Val is encouraging him even to stop the wedding and go after Matt. And he still um, and Alan continues and Matt walks away. So it looks like Matt has now lost Alan and a possible future with David. Yeah. So I'm wondering next episode, will Alan just be a fever dream? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. And that's what my memory tells me is that we have seen the last of Alan. It's so funny how they just throw away these characters. It's right. I mean, right? it's they like do so much more one, like one episode they're there and the next they're gone. Never, yeah. Like it's like Rhonda. Nobody talks about her. Exactly. Nobody, no, nobody speaks of it. If uh, only he had just gone to Rhonda's place instead. I know everybody should just go hang out with Rhonda because that's wish. Wish I could quarantine there. Yeah. Um. So let's let's hop on over to Michael and Kimberly because, like, what the hell is going on with Kimberly? You're. I think next week is when they really start putting it together. It is probably the worst storyline of all. Yeah. So we. I think we had a hint of this last week when yes. um, she and Michael got married, and there was just this sort of like moment of her not feeling quite herself. Shall we say? Yeah, and she was having nightmares and flashbacks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so now this is sort of like, it's not just like the nightmares. Now she's actually, well, it looks like she's actually Susie Homemaker and doesn't realize that she's and doing this. Right. She's like blacking out a second persona. Right. So she has this housewife, like, like, I don't know. Like a, 50, like a 50s 1950s housewife. homemaker. Yeah. 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 So she's got the 50s homemaker in the 70s outfits because I swear to God, my mom had those dresses. And um, meanwhile, Sid is in the the 60s go-go girl outfit right. still. So somebody was, they were really like doing their period pieces here. It's like um, someone had a decades project going on yeah. and they just used it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, so she's a, she's like going to Tupperware parties and as what Betsy, Bet, Betsy, that was her name. And I was wondering why she, Betsy decided, Johnson, Betsy Jones, something like that. Betsy something. But anyway, yeah. Jones, Betsy Jones. Yeah. And I don't understand also why they decided to name her Betsy because that was the name of Allison's car. I know, but I'm not sure they remember. We do. We do. I don't think, I don't think the season four writers remember what they did in the very beginning of season one. So Kimberly kind of comes to in the middle of her, I don't know, hallucination, her whatever you, what, what does one call that when you're in a different, when you have a, a, diso- a disassociation, a disassociation maybe. Yeah. So she, she, uh, she hands over her credit card at a Tupperware party to buy Tupperware. And the lady's like, this isn't you. It says Kimberly Shaw. And that kind of jars her out of it. And she was like, oh, Betsy's my nickname. And Shaw is my maiden name. And, you know, sort of like makes it up and then kind of like creeps out of the, the, the Tupperware party and realizing that, oh shit, something ain't right. Cause I am not Betsy. Um, and, yes, uh, it's, 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 it's it handled very awkwardly, but yes. Yes, absolutely. And so as soon as that happens, she basically heads to, uh, the medical office that Michael and Peter share because she needs to talk to Peter about this. But I think Peter's got other things on his mind. 
Yeah, but Peter will be hooked into this more as we move along. Okay. Um, but when we finally leave Kimberly and Michael, um, Michael comes home for dinner and Kimberly is now Betsy. Michael thinks it's a sex game and he tries to like, I don't know, you know, have sex in, in the kitchen and Kimberly is, uh, well, Betsy, slap, Kim, Betsy is horrified and, um, hides in the bathroom. Yeah. So, um, it, it's bizarre the whole storyline is absolutely bizarre and i guess i hate this storyline i guess it's just supposed to be kimberly he's not that he's just not good for you like is that the, <laughs> you know i mean he he definitely like it's you know. like they're trying to push it as far into the other direction as they can with like oh you know kimberly she was deceitful and murderous and she and Michael are so sexual together. So what, what can we do with like this new storyline? If we're giving her a new personality, let's make her as much of a 180 as possible. Let's make her, you know, prim and prudish and, you know, like in favor of, you know, housekeeping and Tupperware, that sort of thing. And it like, if that were kind of all they were doing, it would be a misfire, but it's just going to get so much worse. Well, crap. And the, you know, the other thing too, because, and I hate to say this because Marsha Cross is like, she is, she's doing it and she is committed and she is great. She, it doesn't ring true. So she can't, even she is falling short. I felt like. No one could sell this. Yeah. Cause it's, cause it's just so stupid. Right. Right. Like I don't even think Laura Layton could handle this one. No, probably not. So, I mean, what, what would they do that could make, like, what would be the 180 of Sid? Like, she'd have to be, like, an astrophysicist or something. Pretty much, yeah. And I don't think that's going to happen. No, that does not happen. No. So, that was really terrible. Um, that was just terrible. It was terrible. And it's crushing because, once again, we have Sid a little bit, but really no Sid. And th- they have so abused what they had all season long. It's really, it's like a war crime. It's yeah. just awful. Yeah. So we'll just, okay. So, uh, do we go with the Joe and Jane or do we, I guess we'll save Allison and Billy or what do you think? Yeah. Let, let's do Joe and Jane because the rest all slightly overlap. Right. Because I mean, this was too, I, you know, Jane took the tiki torch up to the sprinkler head and it rained down on the, on Joe's giant volcano during Richard's fashion show. So Um, Richard, Richard has taken a hit and is blaming Joe. Yes. Um, uh, for all of it. And then also is, uh, like making sure that his entire staff feels his wrath. Um, he lets them all go. Yeah, unceremonious or I guess ceremoniously just with no warning. Yeah. He, like, he fires everybody mostly because he found out that, um, they went and helped out Jane, Jane hired some of them to cut her fabric for her show. And, um, and he's angry about that. And so he fires everybody. Yeah. But like, like the next time we see him with Jane, He's contrite. He's contrite. He shows up at her office. He's, you know, he's, 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 he's like, you won. You're better than me. Like, I I, I was like, what happened to the guy that just fired everybody? 
Right. Anyway, right. that was right. so he's So now he's sort of like begging Jane to take him in. It's a very loose uh, form of the Star is Born story where he's basically like, I was the big deal, you were the up-and-comer, and now I'm on my way down and you seem to still have it. I, I want to reattach my wagon to your train. He's being very polite and encouraging to Jane and as he visits her in her garage shop. Um, and he's being a real a-hole to Joe. They've not broken up, but all he's doing is being a big dick, so to speak, because he's Richard, um, to Joe. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Joe is going through the photos that she took <laughs> of the... <laughs> and this is Alyssa's favorite part of the episode. And one, one of them. And she thinks she sees something in the slide, so she goes to her dark room in her apartment and blows it up. And she actually has a picture. By the way, yeah, I can see why this was Alyssa's, because she is a terrible photographer. Um, so the shot that she got, she has, like, this clear shot of, like, Jane with the tiki torch up against the the sprinkler. But blatant, a blatant shot, yeah. Like, she was supposed to be taking pictures of the clothes and the models on the catwalk, and she's got, like, their ankles yeah. in the picture. It's, like, it's like the, the legs of the models, and they're, like, shooting through the legs of the models to get to Jane, and Jane is the focus of the shot. That's right. It was That's terrible. Right. It's, it's, like, instead of being a fashion photographer... She was uh, secretly on assignment for Lighting and Sound America and really was just focusing on, like, the sprinklers and the lights. Because that's what we have. Like, why do you have such a good photo of Jane if Jane was nowhere near the models? Yeah. So, yeah. But Alyssa loves it. She loves that there's this, like, clear shot of, of Jane holding up the tiki torch again, like, for all to see. So, yeah. So, point of the story is Joe knows. Yeah. So, and Joe is going to hold that against Jane and basically says, I've got the evidence. And she demands that Jane uh, fire him, uh, uh, fire him, hire him, hire. She wants, yeah, she's begging, she's begging Jane to rebuild Richard. I don't know why Joe feels any loyalty to Richard at this point. I know, he's terrible to her. He's such trash, yeah. He's being terrible to her. And um, she knows that he stole the designs. Like, she knows it. Right. You know, and um, and it's clear that he's just a no-talent hack. Right. And yet she has, like, just, she has, she has roped him. She has attached herself to, I don't know. I don't get it. Whatever she's doing, it's stupid. And, um, and now she's blackmailing Jane. And why would she do that anyway? Richard and Jane had a thing. And she was, like, nervous about Jane stealing Richard back. And now she's like, go. Maybe, well, maybe that's the point. Okay, but you've forgotten something pretty important, which is that Joe is an idiot now. Right. Joe is just like, of all of the ones that make choices on the show, it's always Joe that makes the stupidest one. It is true. And it never used to be that way. No, that's she, that's, she came different. She came smart. She came savvy. And now she's just so stupid. I know. And she keeps, like, hooking up with these dudes that treat her like garbage. Yeah. And, you know, and she, when when she came to Melrose Place, she was the abused ex. She's, like, running from her husband who was abusing her. And now she's just falling back into the same Now she's, yeah, she was very independent. And now she just, it's not even that she can't be single, but she can't, she, she latches on to the stupidest stupidest people right terrible so i guess more richard is coming 
Ugh, yeah, ugh. And it's this gets worse, too. Oh, goody. More to look forward to. Yeah, sorry, so, sorry, guys, that I sound so negative. I just don't want you to have inflated expectations. Oh, we're I gonna, <laughs> We're going to get you through the next eight weeks, and then season five turns things in a slightly different direction, and it gets better. Okay, good. So, For a bit. So, sunshine. There is sunshine at the end of the storm. That's right. Um, we just have to con- continue slogging through. So, we're going to go to D&D and slog a little bit more, um, where... Uh, we see a receptionist. We find out also that Amanda has an assistant. Who knew? I know. Um, so, I mean, I guess we're finding all of these new employees over at D&D lately. Um, so even though Amanda is still dealing with the cable investigation stuff, um, she's, uh, she's still concerned about, obviously, her job. Um, and there's a booze uh what was the vodka it's a vodka it's a vodka account that's what it was so of course she approaches allison to handle it right and so there's a vodka account coming in and she thinks you know allison should should take the lead um but billy goes along with now i don't quite remember why because he tells doesn't he tell amanda that he can really win this guy and she, Allison's like, I think for obvious reasons, I shouldn't have this account. And Amanda's like, you're going to go for it and you're going to get it by the end of the week. And then Billy basically like shoehorns his way in and Amanda's like, Ugh, fine. Right. So Allison and Billy are taking the head of this vodka company out. And I guess he's European. Yes. And I, it's funny because I had seen a name I did not recognize in the opening credits. It was Hans tester and it's like who the fuck is this guy well that must be the name of the actor who plays this guy with the vodka account and he sounds like sprockets i was gonna say that he's sprockets like i can't believe his name isn't dieter um and he is just the worst he is awful and he is like the worst character he is the worst person he he is absolutely the worst so they're in a limo, I guess, because that's how you woo clients at D&D. And he wants, like, you know, the real American experience. And, you know, Allison is like, well, we're going to take you to a restaurant. And he's like, every ad agency is taking me to a restaurant. I want to go someplace fun. And so Billy's like, let's go to the strip club. So they go to the strip club. Poor Much Allison. to Allison's enjoyment. Yeah, poor Allison. And, um, and so basically like dude, Sprocket's dude is getting a lap dance and Allison is just like completely miserable. And, um, when he, when Allison like gets up to go to the bathroom, like Sprocket's dude, like says something to Billy about how he wants to mud wrestle with her. Yeah. So inappropriate. Like this is like hashtag me too all over it. Yeah. In fact, I didn't. I didn't sort of put it together while we were watching it, but uh, Alyssa did. And she's like, the sexual politics in this episode are so bad and so of their time. And she's right. Oh, my God. She was abs- absolutely right. I mean, this is definitely where the show gets very creaky um, and shows its age, certainly. Um, but, yeah, so Billy, by the way, we should also add, he's still being just terrible, too. Yeah. Oh, be worse. Like, yeah. So arrogant and aggressive still. Right. Yes. And so he tells, uh, you know, when Amanda comes out of the bathroom, Amanda Allison comes out of the bathroom, Billy tells her what Sprocket's dude says. <laughs> and Allison is like completely offended. And she's like, you two are disgusting. And she basically pushes them into the mud pit. 
Yeah. Which was great. I was like, that's awesome. Go, Allison. I was, like, cheering her on for that. Yeah, but what she does the next morning is she goes to Amanda's apartment uh, to complain about Billy. I would probably have phrased it a little differently, like, you're probably going to hear that I upset our potential client, but this is what happened. And she's basically, like, telling Amanda, I really want you to do something about Billy. And Amanda's like, well, maybe, but... They already wired over or messengered over a signed contract from this guy. So <laughs> didn't you I love have the contract? Yeah. <laughs> when she held it up and the big words contract. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it looked like a like it looked like I don't know it looked like a marriage license or something. <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> contract. Yes. Yeah, look at the contract. Good job, prop master. Yeah. Yeah. And so Allison, of course, is angry about this. And she's basically like, well, you've created a monster. Yeah. And and Amanda's like sort of getting impatient with Allison. She also sort of knows Allison is right, but she's got other things on her mind. Um, So so for now, she's just like letting Allison sort of like rat on Billy and move on. Yeah, but you know what? This is all to Amanda's detriment because Billy is kind of like chomping at the bit to get um, two-point shoes or three-point shoes, um, a campaign that is um, one of Amanda's pet projects, and he wants the campaign, and Amanda's like, oh, no, 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 that's my campaign, and that goes to nobody but me. And, um, while she is, however, is dealing with all of the, uh, you know, the fallout from the cable company stuff with Bobby, she has to have, a, she asks Allison to postpone a meeting that she's supposed to have with them for like, by like a day and Billy overhears it. And Andrew Shu, you know, has like no poker face. You can see the actor start to sort of like ponder what he should do. Yeah. Telegraphing. Yes. Telegraphing that he is going to do something nefarious behind Amanda's back. Indeed. In fact, I forgot. There's also a line, I think when Allison is first talking to Amanda, that uh, Amanda says, Billy is one of our most important or most successful sales reps. I don't think he's a sales rep. I think they brought him in as a creative. He does accounts exec work. Yeah, I don't even know what he does anymore, and I don't just—I just don't think it he's matters. just always good at it. He's yeah. just always winning. He's just uh, perfect at it. But then that's when we find out about Amanda's assistant because she says Amanda's assistant. Amanda says her assistant told her that Billy like went into her office like late at night and took all the files for the Three Point Shoes campaign. Oh, I missed that part. That's yeah, and she yells at. That's when she confronts Billy in the office, and Amanda like says like, "Oh, what unethical things did he do now?" And like rolls her eyes or something like that. Oh, no, missed all that. Wow, maybe I, maybe I like got up to get a drink of water or something. Or vodka. Maybe vodka. Maybe vodka. Um. So hey, we're still dealing with Bobby though. Right. So Billy continues to be a growing problem. And Allison continues to be more and more unimpressed. Uh, but now we go to the Bobby situation. Yes. And um, Bobby has become, what's his brother's name? Jack. Jack. Bobby has become Jack um, in, in a couple of moments because, you know, Amanda wants nothing to do with him. She's kicked him to the, to the curb, but Bobby's not ready to let her go. So he shows up at the apartment and all of a sudden he's punching in walls. 
Yeah, breaking the door down. Breaking the door down, punching in walls. And I was, and, and, you know, Amanda's reaction was, of course, you know, to be frightened. And, <laughs> and, uh, and doesn't Jake come in and kind of save the day? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Somehow Jake, like, hears this and no one else does. And he stands behind Bobby in the doorway, ready to toss him out. Yeah. But that's basically all he does. He just yeah. stands in the background. So, however many episodes we have been dealing with Bobby Parisi, who has stepped in front of bullets for Amanda, you know, um, you know, stepped in front of the gun that his dad was holding at, to Amanda's head, you know, and said, kill her, kill me, not her. Now, all of a sudden, he's swinging at her, or at least in her vicinity? Yeah. No. Yeah. And also, I don't feel like, unless I'm not remembering part of last week, I don't feel like Bobby ever really tried to reason with Amanda and say, hey... There is no corruption going on. I'm not really guilty of what they're being, of what they're saying. I don't know what I can do to show you. He's basically just saying, uh, "I was bad, but I want you back." Yeah, kind of like, and and Amanda is absolutely doing nothing to sort of listen to what's going on with him. Like she is just automatically assuming that he's done a bad thing, right? You know, right. and and of course, like, and she was there for that party. Yeah, so so that's yeah. kind of even like more head scratchy. Like she was there at the party where that picture was taken and she can't see the forest for the, through the trees at this point. Like it's, exactly. it's bizarre. It's, again, it's again, it's inconsistency. Right. Which, I mean, like I'm not asking for the moon, but if you're going to make Amanda tough, like let her stay tough. Right. Exactly. And, and also like, like lack of business savvy here is like right. all yeah, over very the place. Much. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, not her. So, meanwhile, Peter has worked it out with, um, what's her name? Alicia. Alicia. To get Amanda off the hook, where basically they're going to give her half her investment back and get and get her name off of the company. So, I don't know. Who's getting that money? Money, I guess, Alicia? I think it's going to Alicia. Right. So, so it's lining Alicia's pocket. And Amanda, at this point, doesn't care necessarily that she's lost half her investment. She just wants O-U-T. Um, yeah. And I was kind of, like, sitting there looking at this, going, well, that was the best that Peter could do. Because at this point, like, he has to marry Alicia. Like, she's given him no choice. He's locked into all this. Yeah. Yeah. And he couldn't say, well, you know, if you're forcing me to marry you, then you're going to have to give her all her money back. Right. I don't know. That I thought was like really weird. And again, it was super confusing because we're, you know, we just had that last episode. It happened where Alicia said basically to Peter, like, you're mine forever because I know what you did. And now everybody's sitting in a, you know, in a boardroom signing over papers. And it, I don't know the whole, it's just weird. And I know we're not supposed to make sense of it, but Truly, I, I was like, what the hell? I mean, it doesn't make sense. I know a bit of, like, the end game is just to, to somehow get Amanda and Peter on each other's side and in each other's bed again. But but basically, it's like, what does anyone want here? Who do I want to win out here? Who do I root for here? And right now, I root for none of them. I root, I root, for, I root for the scene to be over. Yes, basically. I root for the storyline to go away. Yeah. Um. And, you know, so Alicia's got Peter by the balls, um, but apparently not tight enough because Peter does go to Amanda's um, after all of this business with signing over the 
siding over the, you know, getting, getting half her money and all of that. And, uh, Bobby has shown up there again and he's banging on the door again, again, and getting sort of semi-violent again. And Peter rushes up to try and like, you know, come to Amanda's rescue. And Bobby basically tosses Peter off the balcony. Yeah. Yep, uh, and this was, I think, Alyssa's other favorite moment because you see a very obvious dummy uh, being thrown from, you know, Amanda's staircase down <laughs> to the the courtyard floor. It just kind of gave a little bounce. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, okay, now Peter's life is in jeopardy, and that is where we we leave the episode. Oh, uh, God. You know, I can tolerate one bad storyline. I can tolerate three bad storylines. But when we have, I think, five pretty much in motion, because Sid can't get one, um, but it's too much. They're, they're all, all they're, terrible. There isn't, there isn't a winner. There isn't a saving grace. Our MVPs, Kimberly is out to sea with this stupid Betsy storyline. They're just not using Sid. Um, like, they're doing so terribly with Billy um like oh, they're all they're all so bad yeah and even michael like usually michael is a high point they're not too. using michael not using michael so yeah this this episode was a bummer yeah this is uh, i think these aired like late march of 96 i think march through may of uh these episodes i think they're just all a wash uh yeah pretty much so I will say maybe just one. I was going to say a couple of them. I like where they get us by season's end, but there are other ways I would have written them. I agree. I mean, oh, I, I think there, there was probably potential um, with the, I mean, a lot, always these stories come with potential and always the potential is squandered. Yeah, lately. Yeah. 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 Um, I'll ask you this, because Alyssa and I were talking. Who do you think of all of the, like, recurring or guest players they've had in the almost four full seasons we've had, who do you think is the worst? And I'll start by volunteering Alyssa's contribution, which is Richard Hart. (laughs) Okay. So the worst in terms of the characters or in terms of the actor or... Uh, either, but, like, you hated them. I think Alyssa's mostly talking about the way they're written, but it doesn't help that uh, Patrick Muldoon is terrible, too. Okay. Um, God. And, and it can't be, can it be one of the, one of our founders, or does, should it be, like, a, a side, like, a, like, somebody who comes in and out, like? Yeah, I don't think Alyssa was thinking of it as, like, like, people who were there from the beginning, like, or, or were in our opening credits but but just more yeah i have to say i think that award for me goes to bobby parisi yeah i don't i think that's probably close second or third for both of us like i just feel like the character of bobby and the actor playing him like he's just portrayed as this like mafioso goon and the character itself should have been smoother and suaver than that because yeah. he's not a mob like he should have been slicker he should have been you know uh, i mean honestly he probably should have looked a little bit more like richard um than bobby yeah. and you and you don't get like the guy is like like 
like literally like too big. Like he's too big of a yeah. guy. Yeah, no, it's true. You know, um, and and I think that you know for somebody who is supposed to sit in an executive boardroom rather than like you know doing hits for the family, like it just was completely miscast. Yeah, I can't disagree with that one because Bobby is terrible. Um, but I'm going to go back in time a little bit. And you know who I think the stupidest guest they've ever had is? Who? The Peeping Tom. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, they had I so much. I miss him. They had so much going on with their stories as they were. They did not need to bring on this random extra subplot for two episodes. Um, so, yeah, I say the Peeping Tom. But having said that, yeah. Bobby Parisi is terrible. And Richard is terrible. And Alyssa will also say that Jess and Shelley are both terrible. Kathy Ireland. And, oh, Alyssa is also saying Kathy Ireland, which I don't mind as much. Oh, I forgot about her. Yeah. God, that was forever ago, wasn't it? Yeah, we're only talking about a year and a half, but we're talking about like 750,000 episodes in that oh time. Oh, my God. It's, I mean, honestly, it's like it's like March all over again. Yeah. Whew. Okay. Guys, do you hate That's it? Do you are. love it? Where are we with this? I know. If anyone is watching along and thinks we are somehow wrong let and that know. these are great stories, and let us know. We would love to know if you feel like we're wrong and you think and, this is the best thing ever. Please and, and, tell us. and I want you to join in and let us know who you think the worst characters, recurring, day player, whatever, uh, the show has seen so far. <laughs> So we're going to go back, uh, we're going to go to the boulevard and we're going to talk about things that maybe don't suck or maybe they do. Um, (laughs) Find out. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Tiger King. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what's stopping you from joining? Yeah. And Doug's got some theatery things to talk about, even though there is no theater happening at the moment. Yes. I'm talking about the lack of. The, the lack of theater that is going um, on. So, yeah, moment. please join us and please reach out to us on our Facebook page, Back on the Block Pod. And please take care and stay well. Yes. Um, everybody take care and we will see you over at Hollywood Boulevard. Bye. Bye.